Well, I remember the teenagers used to have their own beach where the really yes we had our own beach and then those darn cabanas came in (laughs) and just took our beach away Welcome back, everybody, to this week's live episode of the DCL Duo podcast. Uh, for those of you who have not watched before, we are trying to do one live episode a week now on Monday nights at 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And so expect to see more of those as we go forward. Uh, if you are listening to this after the fact, you should join us over on the live episode the next chance you get because uh, we take questions live on the air. We'll be throwing some up. We'll be uh, answering them as we go. Uh, for those of you out there watching live, be sure if you are on Facebook to give StreamYard permission so we can see your lovely names, uh, so we know who we're talking to. If you can, <laughs> if not, drop them in the comments so that we uh, we know who we're talking to. But tonight shows- just says Facebook user, so Facebook yeah. user wrote, "Hey y'all, hey." <laughs> we're all we're all we're all users of Facebook now. But yes, uh, so I want to dive right into our show, uh, Sam. I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to bring in Rebecca and let you intro our guest a little bit. Absolutely. We are so excited to welcome Rebecca from the DCL community. Rebecca hosts her own show on YouTube and of course on Facebook. She goes live usually once or twice a week. Um, And she is basically the founder and um, moderator, admin extraordinaire of the Disney Cruise Line Community Facebook group, which is the largest Disney Cruise Line Facebook group, I believe, on all of Facebook. Um, And it was the first. I mean, before Disney Cruise Line itself had a presence on Facebook, Rebecca started a group. So (laughs) welcome to the show, Rebecca. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm like that entire intro video just gets me jacked every time I see it. I'm like, this is going to be the best show ever. And I'm just so excited to talk all things Disney cruising with you guys. Oh, well, well, we love Rebecca. I've got to, I've got to start with tell our audience, you know, your cruising background. Like, how did you get from casual cruiser to admin of the largest Facebook group around Disney Cruise Line? And, uh, you know, how many sailings we've been on, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, hi, everybody. Uh, I am Rebecca and I've been cruising with Disney since 1999. So, my love for the cruise line goes almost as far back as the cruise line itself. I've sailed across the entire fleet. And, you know, I think something unique about me is I've sailed on board as a, a kid, a tween, a teen, an 18 to 20, a young adult, an adult. And with that, it allows me to connect with cruisers on whatever they may need to plan, prepare for, get excited for their Disney cruise. And, you know, when I was a teenager on board, fun fact, I decided that I wanted my friends from one cruise and my friends from another cruise to get together so we could somehow like strategically convince our parents to book the same cruise the following year. (laughs) And that didn't happen. But what came out of that was this Facebook group, this DCL community. So that's how it all started. And slowly people from around the world just came in and started asking their questions and sharing their passions. And it just became a space where we could all connect on this thing that we love so much. And it's grown to over 290,000 members. It's free for everybody to join. You know, you can follow along on Instagram too, but um, Facebook's where that community is based. And yeah, it's just, it's my happy place. I love being on board Disney cruises. So, so wait, how many, how many, how many total Disney cruises have you been on at this point? 
I just went on my 25th. I sailed on the yeah. wish for the first time. So I'm officially Pearl, which is exciting. <laughs> yes. So I'm excited for some of those additional benefits that come with Pearl. I'm pumped. Awesome. And, and when you started your community Facebook group, were people doing the per sailing Facebook groups yet? Or was that still a ways off? <laughs> no, this is back when people were still sent like poking each other on Facebook. Like, way back. So I was just yeah. saying the I was just saying the other day, I remember when it was the prompt that they had where it was like Brian is, and then you'd like fill it in. So now it like yeah. comes up in my feed. I'm like, why did I what was the sentence that I left? This here? was like the mean? this was like the early Facebook days, Brian, because back when it was cool and hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back when it replaced MySpace and Friendster. Exactly. Exactly. I was gonna say I needed to let everybody know that I had basketball practice that day. And I'm just it's it's so funny looking back at the things you used to post, even in the group, when it was just, you know, just a handful of my friends and now it's a whole lot of friends from around the world, including <laughs> you guys, which is awesome. Yes, nice. we are very active in your group. Um, I love it when you tag me on all those Disney Band Plus questions because <laughs> oh I gosh. feel like I'm every other day, <laughs> every other day, somebody's asking a question about Disney Band Plus, and every time that happens, Rebecca tags me in the comments. Please let an expert answer hey. these. Hey, we 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 wrote the the section in the unofficial guide about Disney Band, Sam. So you're you're a you're an unofficial guide expert now. On We're Disney published Band. in that book. That's, that's so cool. My life reading, I love it. So, I can't get Rebecca, you you mentioned you just got back from your first time on the Wish. And since we're going to be prognosticating a bit, let, let, let's start with uh, less prognosticating and more. That ship is so divisive. What did you think about the wish? Like, where do you come down on it? Is it something, is it a ship you'd sail again? Or do you think they just pivoted way too far in a direction that's not, you know, for you? Yeah, great question. So I, I went into it with a very open mind. And I think that's how, that's how everybody has to go into every Disney cruise experience, whether your first cruise is on the wish and you're not going to try the magic or vice versa. Um, you know, people freak out when the dream first came out back in 2011 because it was different than the magic and wonder and that same thing happened with the fantasy and the same thing happened with the wish so i think it just takes people some getting used to and warming up to the new ships mm -hmm. i loved it there were definitely some things that made me question why but it wasn't anything that would make me not book that ship again. I mean, we loved it. The adult-only space was great up on deck. The dining rooms were amazing. Yes, maybe a little tight and a little loud, but nothing, again, that would make me not book it. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, I, two elevator banks. I never felt far away from an elevator. Why are we complaining about elevators? I just, I didn't, I didn't see it. So, yeah. Um, we're with you, Rebecca. We yeah. I feel like if if you go on that ship with an open mind, knowing it's going to be different and yeah. being open to the fact that it's different, I feel like you can really enjoy the wish. If you're going on to the wish and you're like, I want it to be exactly like the fantasy, well, then you've just set yourself up for failure, right? Exactly. It's not exactly. Yes. Yeah. And especially with the three and four night itineraries, it's such a different vibe on board. You know, on those seven night sailings, you really get to know the crew, but mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have that same one on one interaction the entire time on board with all there is to do on these Disney ships. So I couldn't agree more. I, I love the wish. I love any Disney ship. Just get me on board. I will sleep in the atrium or Grand Hall if I have to. Just get me on board. <laughs> 
I love it. So where's your where's your level of excitement about the treasure uh, coming out? Fingers crossed later this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's your level of excitement? Scale of one to ten here. I'm excited for anything, anything Disney Cruise Line. I'm automatically at an 11. I mean, you should, whenever somebody even mentions Disney at work, I'm like, did someone say Disney? I, I just, I perk up. I'm the same way. I just like jump into the conversation. I might be like yeah. all the way across down the hall, across the room. And I'll be like, oh, you're talking about Disney. Even if it's Disney parks, I'll like join the conversation. Right. And I'm like, and this is how the Disney cruises are different. Did you know about them? Uh, <laughs> But I am so excited for, I'm so excited for the treasure. I think it's going to be something a little bit different. And what I'm really, really looking forward to, and you guys know this, Disney takes comments and feedback so seriously. Mm -hmm. And they're not just going to take feedback and let it sit. So, you know, when they announced that that the treasure was going to be coming out in 24, I think a lot of people expected the middle of the year, but they're really squeezing every possible minute that they can out of prep time. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that is because a lot of the feedback is things that they're taking into consideration. So designs have to change. So I am curious, like the running track with a big point of contention, um, you know, Luna not really being closed off at night. Mm -hmm. That was a big point of contention. Um, but I'm excited. The moodiness just seemed the adventure Coco's restaurant. I mean, it mm-hmm. just, I am just so excited to eat on that ship. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm excited to eat. I'm excited to sit in the Walt Disney Theater and watch Moana. I mean, let's be really honest. Yeah. Although <laughs> I, I'll say I am guessing just based on everything we've heard there won't be significant design change on the treasure. Now I hold out hope on the physical the last part. on the physical part. Like, I don't think we'll get a running track. I think that, that, that ship sailed, pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> just the way they design, the way they design these ships. Right. I'm a little hopeful though, with the amount of time they have on wish class three or Triton class three, however they want to describe it. Um, if we'll see some design changes on that mm-hmm. ship to start to account for this. Um, I'll tell you the biggest thing that I am nervous about on the treasure, and this is a really nitpicking point, but the biggest thing I'm worried about on the treasure is they kept saying the wish is bespoke for three and four night sailings. The stateroom storage reflects that. So I don't know what you do if you're sailing on it for seven nights. So like, I, I do hope they may have accounted for that in some of the room design choices, but, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, Well, let's, we build this show as prognosticating about the future of Disney Cruise Line. And so I, I want to kind of just... Well, this is all going to be wild speculation, everyone. We have no specific knowledge of anything Disney plans to do in the future. We're just reading tea leaves at this point. But yeah. I'm not sure that there are you know three better people out there aside from some Disney Cruise Line Imagineers to just <laughs> kind of toss these questions around and see where we think it's headed. Rebecca has been sailing for a long time with Disney and seen kind of the arc of where they're headed. Um, so I want to start with this new ship coming out, not the treasure, the adventure. Yeah. So we, we know it's a mega ship. We know it's gigantic. We know it's going to be based out of Singapore. Beyond that, we don't know a ton. We don't know. I mean, we assume it's going to be doing, you know, Asia Pacific sailings. But I don't know that the cruise weather over there is favorable year round. Um, four funnels on top. Like what, Rebecca, what was your when you first saw the the adventure and you first heard the news about the adventure? What was your first reaction to that? 
holy moly, that's a lot of ship for Disney. <laughs> you know, it's not like we have the big, we. It's not like Disney Cruise Line has the biggest ships out right. there to begin with. So this was a, a big, big uh, adventure for Disney Cruise Line. <laughs> I, I'm just so curious. Do you guys think they'll have a casino on board? Oh, this is like the we're, we're a house divided. We're a house divided <laughs> on this question. Like I am firmly in the camp of no, because they won't want to damage the brand. Like you're not going to have Mickey slots. You can't have theming. You know, they couldn't even do like Mickey playing cards at a poker table. I don't yeah. think like I think it's no, but I think it's no uh, in a way that might be detrimental to the whole exercise here, because I think that's so ingrained in the culture over there for cruising that you have a casino on board. Yeah. But Sam, you, you've got a different reaction. To yeah, it. I have had, I have consistently had a different prediction on this. I have consistently said, I think, yes, they will have a casino, but it will be scaled back and there will be no Disney IP and it will be like separate. It won't be like on other cruise lines where you have to walk through the casino to get from point A to point B. I feel like they'll have one, but it'll be kind of tucked away somewhere where you have to like go seek it out in order to get there. That, But that's, I mean, I don't know. I really feel like this is a really, really tough question because as Brian mentioned, as you've mentioned, the the market expects a casino. The Asian market expects a casino. And so it's maybe they'll odd. Maybe they'll turn Lorcana into some sort of gambling game and then that will solve <laughs> the entire problem. <laughs> Sabak tables, Lorcana gambling. There you go. Yeah. Do imagine? Well, Disney used to have arcades on board the ships. So I feel like they could lean towards that. I don't know if it's traditional gambling in casinos, but it's something that they've at least done before. Sure. So I'm so curious to see. And I mean... Like slot machines, but no table games, perhaps. Like, because slot machines tend to have like limits in how much you can bet on a particular, you know, bet. Obviously you can keep betting and keep betting and keep betting. And or is it, oh. isn't, isn't Plinko big in Asia too? They have those yeah. parlors. Yeah. So yeah. But they could, yeah. yeah. So they could do. Yeah. Or some... Become like a Dave and Buster's where it's just like a family entertainment game okay. situation, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, but Disney. Yeah. yeah that, so Jennifer's saying the casino could be third party, like some of the shops. Yeah. I, I I agree in principle. I do wonder. I think most of the casinos on board the ships, a friend of mine was telling me um, they're run by, I think, Bally's or somebody like that. But anyway, like I wonder if there's enough revenue out of one yeah. ship for Disney to really have that Harris. direction. Harris, Harris, not Bally's. Harris, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, we, we got another great comment from Rob here. If the Sabak table from the Star Cruiser <laughs> should find its way onto Hyperspace Lounge, I will change my outlook completely. Uh, Rob, they you are should preaching just, to the choir here. <laughs> they should just gut Hyperspace Lounge and rebuild uh, and the, the sublight the- sublight lounge on the cruise line. They, yeah. The, we have the technology, Rob. We have the yeah. technology. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you're bringing up a good point around casinos. I think tea parlors is another thing that you see on some of the Asian cruise lines. Mm. Um, but I just don't know. Where, where do you think they sail? Um, you know, part of me thought maybe they'll be taking over the Australia, New Zealand itinerary for part of the year. But I don't I don't think so. Um, and frankly, I don't know that Australia, New Zealand has been going very well for Disney this season. So like, yeah, I don't know. Where where do you think they sail to? I mean, I feel like they're such a bigger part of that ecosystem, right? Because it's not just about sailing. You have to get people 
on board, which involves a lot of marketing. And, you know, it's one thing to run one commercial on Food Network during primetime that reaches all the U.S. versus having to reach people across a bunch of different countries. And, you know, Disney Cruise Line's marketing budget, I don't know what it is. I know that their marketing team is fantastic. But having to do those specific campaigns in all those different countries, that just, that involves a lot of legwork, a lot of brain power. And I think that's something that Disney would have to invest in to be able to grow in these other markets because there's a lot of people even here locally that just don't know that Disney cruises exist, you know? So is it worth it to dabble in a bunch of places? Eh, I think it's for I think for them it makes sense to make somewhere your home port mm-hmm. and just grow from there. But I don't I know. I agree. I agree. I don't think we're gonna see them like porting out of a lot of other Asian ports, at least for the first couple of years, because it is a huge investment, like you said, in marketing. I mean, I think they had to do a huge investment in marketing in New Zealand and Australia, and they still didn't sell out all of the cruises because there's not the, I mean, there are plenty of crazy Disney fans in New Zealand and in Australia, but it is not the same as in the United States. We have way more crazy Disney people in the United States than they have in, you know, those two countries. Oh, this is a great question, Brian. I love that you brought this up. Yeah. So Sean's asking one issue with the adventure is the fact that so much of it was already done when they bought it. How does this affect things in your mind? I mean, Disney announced they were going to put X hundreds of millions of billions of dollars into and renovating it, I, I don't know that it being mostly built, like, I don't know that that weighs one way or the other. They've already said they were going to reduce the number of rooms. So obviously, they're going to be doing some interior gutting and renovation and redesign. Um, I think they're fairly committed to giving it kind of the Disney feel. If anything, my, my uh, I guess, my a- apprehension about this new ship based on what everything I've seen is that it kind of dilutes the traditional brand of the cruise line. Like these ships look very similar, the ones we have today and the adventure looks so different uh, from what they've built before um, that I worry a little bit. You're, you, you know, you'll see it in port and you'll kind of know it's Disney, but maybe you'll be thinking, is it Disney? Is that some canard ship I haven't seen before? Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's my only thing. What do you think Rebecca about the design of it all? I think if Disney's going to put that much money into anything, they're going to do it right. And I mean, you guys know, sometimes it seems like Disney takes so much time with things. You're just like, okay, whenever you're ready. Um, <laughs> so I feel like that they, they wouldn't rush it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that same thing could be said about any project that Disney does. I know you guys said you have your cruise coming up on a Royal, right? So yes. And are you guys going to their new private island? Because it looks awesome. So we are going to Coco. I'm going to say Coco Key because I hate calling it Coco K because that's wrong. (laughs) Uh, Everyone who listens to the show knows I pronounce it Key like the Bahamians. But um, I'm excited to go there. They're, you know, it looks really amazing. Nathan and Brian loved it on their sailing uh, last May. And so we're going to be going there in April. And then again in May, we're going on not the newest ship. We're not going on the Icon, but we're going on two of the Oasis class ships in April and in May. And so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to kind of see and compare 
you know, what they're doing both on board and on their private island in comparison to what, what Disney's doing. Um, but I, I do think that one of the things that Disney does so much better than Royal is, well, and of any cruise line is really that iconic look, that ocean liner look of the ships, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I'm I'm with you, Brian, on I, I think they're gonna do a nice job on this ship. Like I don't think she's gonna be ugly, but she's not gonna have that classic ocean liner look in the same way that the, you know, original four plus the wish plus the treasure plus ship number, whatever it is, the one that's coming after the the third of the wish class ships. I guess it'll be ship number nine now. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's going to be, I think, you know, interesting to see. I do think the colors do really help, though. Like just painting yeah. all the ships the same yeah. color, having that consistency, the funnels, that makes makes them look like they're in the same family, even if one Although, is like large uncle of Bill. <laughs> someone posted in Rebecca's group today. Uh, was it Steve Peoples who posted? Maybe he posted in your group or was it a different group? But they, he was like, they must have run out of Monica Blue uh, for the... Uh, <laughs> For the wonder, because it was docked and you could see the bare metal down one side and it wasn't blue any longer. So uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, We've got another question here about the adventure, which is, do you think there'll be a new stage show? Maybe Mulan? I mean, Rebecca, I don't know what you think, but 100% they're going to have a new stage production. It'll be interesting to see if they do a new stage production, maybe in a different language for that audience. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And there are so many so many languages so i feel like it's it's going to be interesting to see how the service on board reflects that too yes and you know having some sort of show that connects to the audience and teaches them what disney cruise line is i don't know about you guys but i miss the the welcome aboard show that would talk about this is what you're going to expect this week this is why your kids are going to have fun and the adults are going to have fun and i just feel like they're so you know, there's so much that people just kind of expect you to know when you get on board. And if you're a first time cruiser, or even a second or third, you just might not know. So yeah. I would be curious if there's almost like a welcome to Disney cruising show yeah. like there used to be. I think that's yeah. a great I think that's a great idea. And that's a great prediction. I think that would be super smart. I will say no to the question about Mulan, because Mulan is actually very politically divisive because of the way that Disney did the storytelling about the Huns and all of that. And so it's actually probably not the show that I would guess they would put on the adventure if they're going to put a show that's got, you know, sort of Asian cultural background maybe raya or something you know or maybe they'll do like moana baymax baymax the musical baymax the musical i mean yeah san francisco (laughs) i mean they might they they're going to do something that's going to have less of a political impact with the chinese market so that's the issue with duffy (laughs) duffy they have to have a show with duffy that is actually a great prediction they will have duffy on board duffy shelly may and all of the all of that crew. I can't Olumel, obviously. Um, what are all their names? I can't remember all their names, yeah. but oh my gosh. Yeah, Duffy, Duffy sails on a Disney cruise, a, a great opening number. Oh my gosh, that would be so perfect. They have to do that. 
I love it. Oh, Larry's so La- saying Larry's, Shang-Chi. Yeah. yeah. And the Legend yeah. of the Ten Rings. I love, yeah. I mean, they could do some some Marvel stuff yeah. with Shang-Chi, right? Like, well, right now, one of the really successful new deck shows is the Heroes Unite show. It's going, it's right now on the Wonder. It's been over there in the Australian New Zealand market. And then it's also on, obviously, Marvel Day at Sea on the Dream. And that's like super, super successful. I could see them, you know, pivoting maybe and focusing more on, you know, Shang-Chi and other, you know, other other heroes in the Marvel universe as well. Or do they get away from Broadway and do like the ice skating show? Like I've seen on, I think Icon or Virgin, one of the yeah. cruise lines. Or like a Cirque du Soleil, right? Like yes. uh, acrobatic yeah. type stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, so many options. Let- Larry's, I think it's a good next phase here after we talk about the adventure. Larry's saying, you know, cruise lines seem to be diverging between building bigger versus building smaller. Which way do you expect Disney to go? Rebecca, I'm going to let you take the first stab here. Larry, great question. Um, So I have to start by saying, right, the magic is my girl. She's the original. She's where it all started. I love the magic and it just breaks my heart. When people say like, oh, should I not sail on her? Is she too old? And my response is always, if you had called me old when I was 25, I would have looked you up and down because I'm not old (laughs) at 25. Right. But I feel like there's an intentionality that comes with some of the smaller ships and that kind of family vibe. And on some of the super large ships, they're, they're great. And granted, I haven't sailed on any of the mega ships, but it just... I don't know. It feels like Disney is always doing everything with intention. So I, as much as I hate to say it, you know, people are keep asking about like when the magic is going to retire. And I feel like there's always going to be a place in Disney Cruise Line for a smaller ship for some of these, some of these itineraries that you just can't get a mega ship into. So I feel like Disney, depending on the itinerary and where that demand is, that might reflect in the size ships that they put out into the market. But Brian, what do you think? I, I, so here's the concern I have. I think you're right that there's demand for those smaller ships with Disney. I think the problem right now is Disney is operating more on the basis of uh, dollars and cents, cash and bottom line than guest experience and all of their decisions. So I I think for the foreseeable future, you're going to see them continue the trend of bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, and I worry that if they go smaller, they might try to do something like, oh, we're going to have a luxury yacht experience for our super high end, you know, kind of cruisers. And, you know, just say like, we can do smaller, but it's going to cost you twice as much to sail as it would to sail like concierge on Disney Cruise Line. I personally think they should just replace the magic and the wonder with two brand new ships of similar size, you know, maybe update them a bit with the sense of, you know, like, can we get another adult dining venue on the smaller ships? That would be kind of fun. Um, you know, update at the margins, but keep those smaller ships. Um, I'd be curious to, let's just throw this around to all three of us, how much longer. So the magic is the ship. I think that is really starting to show her age, like honestly, really starting to show her age. And I'm a little worried, you know, how much longer does the magic have, like, how many years do you give it, Rebecca, before they really have to consider retiring that ship? <laughs> breaking my heart, Brian. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> I'm just like, just give me the magic. I will take her and sail on my <laughs> Oh, I, 
I don't even know the typical lifespan. Oh, they're well past typical. Like 20 They're years, well 20, past typical. Well, they yeah. go down market. So they don't like retire them, but they like yeah. send them down market to like lesser. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. I don't think Disney is doing that because no. I don't think they can yeah, send them. That. They can't send these ships down market because they're so iconic yeah. looking. It probably costs them more money to take all the Disney out of them than it would to just keep operating them past their normal lifespan. But yeah. Yeah. But it seems like even, you know, the carnival, um, my mother-in-law, she's big, big, big in the carnival. And even some of their older ships, they just go to smaller ports. Yep. So maybe, yep. you know, Disney's got more, you know, they've made that big investment at Fort Lauderdale. So maybe they do that. Or I know people are just begging them to go back to New York. So maybe that's oh, yeah. an easy way for them to get to New York. So yeah. In my heart, the magic stays forever and ever until she decides that she needs <laughs> She's to go. until she sinks somewhere in the ocean. Oh God. All right. Oh, well, gosh. I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a real like hard prediction. Okay, so we're at 25 years now. I'm gonna say they're gonna keep her going until she's 40. So I'm gonna say that Ooh. they're gonna like I'm gonna say hard stop at 40. She's gonna, you know, retire at middle age, basically. Um, but I am gonna answer Sean's question because I love this question. When that inevitable day does come, though, what do you think happens to the magic and the wonder? Maybe dock it somewhere as a floating hotel like the Queen Mary. I'm gonna say no. I like the idea, Sean. I like your thinking. But I'm going to say, no, she's going to get taken apart piece by piece because they do not want anybody using her in any way, shape or form outside of Disney. So that's that's my prediction um, on the other question you <laughs> asked. Target like, target practice for the dream and fantasy. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the other question that you asked, though, Brian, about, you know, or actually it was I think it was Larry's question about. Um, bigger, smaller, same size, whatnot. Um, I'm going to predict, and I hate to make this prediction because I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm going to say when they do have to replace the magic and the wonder, they're not going to be replaced with 2,500 person cruise ships. Like they're going to be replaced with 4,000 passengers, you know, similar to the wish and the fantasy and the dream. I just think they're mm -hmm. going to replace them, but they're not going to replace them with like ships they'll replace them with they're not going to be mega ships though. I'm going to I'm going to put the prediction out there Dizzy is going to stay other than this one-off behemoth that we're calling the adventure, which I still hate the name because the treasure should have been the adventure, but don't get me started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but other than that behemoth, that's a one-off. They're going to stick with 4,000 passenger-ish ships. I mean, maybe they'll go to five, but it, I don't think they're going to be like like Icon or anything, you know, close to that. Yeah, I, I will say I'm going to give my hard prediction. So first, I want to acknowledge Rob saying plus one of the Magic Class. Lo we love the Magic Class ships. They're the Wonder is oh our absolute favorite ship in the fleet. Um, Larry is suggesting maybe they'll melt down the dream to make a new ship and claim <laughs> environmentalism. I Fair. love this, Larry. Fair. Um, and I also just want to say hi to Chris out there. Uh, we love speculating, so we're glad that there's somebody out there listening to us speculate. Um, I, so I'm going to give my hard prediction. My hard prediction is this. So uh, uh, Iger said at the recent investor call that like they might look to expand over the course of the next decade, right? I'm going to say that that is signaling that they will start another class of ships in the next 10 years. And I would suspect that two of those are slated to replace the magic and the wonder. And so I give the magic maybe... 10 more years 
uh, before she's done, maybe a little less and the wonder gets the next 10 years. I don't know, but, um, I don't think that, I don't think either of those ships have more than a decade of life left in them. I, I will say this again. We were on the magic. We're going back on the magic. She is starting to look a little tired. Like they're doing their best and she looks great, but she doesn't look dream and fantasy great or wish great. So yeah, I think it's, it's, it's getting close. She's, closer she's, to kind, she's kind of a Monet, if you know oh. what I mean. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh, I, oh I mean, but there is, there is some hope for you, Rebecca, because Michael said he looks the oldest ship currently non-retired status is 76. The Astoria. Thank I'd you, love Tracy, to see photos that information. I'd love to see photos, Tracy, of what that ship looks like on the inside. And I'd love to know if you would sail on her. But yes, um, yeah. there you go. I was going to say, it's just going to be the magic and I doing round trip to <laughs> cast away. It's going to be great. And NASA. Oh, <laughs> and, oh, after this one, I have a question for you guys. Okay. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode so this one this one is another area like if they if they keep on course and keep building mega ships there was always some speculation though that disney might build some smaller ones uh i think pre-pandemic uh we would have said you know disney was probably pretty close to entering the river cruise market directly rather than continuing to partner uh, with Ama Waterways, uh, or maybe in addition to, um, you know, partnering with Ama Waterways. I don't know. Woody, I, I think with National Geographic being owned by Disney, having the Adventures by Disney product, I think they can do a lot of this stuff outside of the traditional Disney Cruise Line brands. But I don't know. What do, what do you think, Rebecca? I think they're going to go where the demand is. You know, Disney is listening. And I, well, I think some of those things would be so cool to experience. Is it for the mass market? Mm -hmm. And I just don't know that it is just, you know, despite how amazing it would be to go to Antarctica, if you can't get full ships of people there on a regular basis, dollars and cents, right? What about you guys? I, I'm a, I'm in exact agreement with you, Rebecca. I think we're going to see, you know, those things stay under the Adventures by Disney and National Geographic brands with those partnerships with those smaller companies. Um, we might see some expansions in certain markets and maybe some compression in other markets, but they'll go where the demand is. And I, I don't think they're going to go full throttle, you know, taking that over themselves. Yeah. 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 Big, what, big what, jump. What about you, Ryan? Um, no, I, I, I think as long as they have other outlets like Adventures by Disney, National Geographic, all, I mean, mm -hmm. they can, those are 
tailor made to like, let's see what happens if we do this or support these cruises for a few months or, you know, do the Galapagos, do Antarctica, you know, um, do a $100,000 around the world private jet experience. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, who cares, right? We'll just not have it on the itinerary again, right? I think Disney Cruise Line, Cruise Line, you're booking cruises. Well, talk about this in a second. You're usually booking cruises two, two and a half years in advance, but Disney, it's, you know, maybe 18 months at times. Uh, but, you know, you're booking so far in advance, you got to have an idea of what the demand's going to be down the line. I feel like with Adventures by Disney and some of these others, it's such a smaller capacity kind of thing. I don't I don't think DCL needs to push into those markets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I well, we Rebecca had one other had question. question. Well, but Rebecca oh, had a question for us. Oh, no. Yeah, Rebecca, go ahead. I forgot. Yeah. So I'm curious. We were talking about destinations, and I'm curious if you guys have any predictions for the brand new private, uh, what is it, Lookout K at Lighthouse Point? Yeah. And I think, I think you mean Point Lookout K. Yeah. Lookout yeah. Key, but <laughs> Lookout yeah. Key at Lighthouse yeah. Point. Thank you. So thank you. Yeah. 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 Uh, but do you guys have any predictions for this new destination? And do you think Disney will ever add another private island anywhere else in the world? I think that's a great question. I don't know that outside of the Caribbean that Disney's going to do another private island. I don't know that any other cruise line, though, really does, um, because the market, obviously, for warm weather cruises really is in the Bahamas, the Caribbean, right? So I feel like that's probably unlikely. But I do think there's definitely a possibility of a third private island in the future if Disney continues to increase its fleet. Because like right now with Lighthouse Point, they're just having, you know, it's just going to be one ship docking just like they do at Castaway. Whereas Royal has, you know, two ships that dock at Coco Key. And so, yeah. And so uh, some of these other cruise lines are, are giving capa- greater capacity at their private islands so that they can have multiple ships and Disney is not. And so if they increase the fleet significantly enough, they might need a third location. For now, I think Lighthouse Point, you know, is only going to be par- partially developed. They're doing phase one. Mm-hmm. Um, from what we know, there are some water excursions. There are some cultural excursions. There's cabanas. There's, you know, uh, presumably cookies or whatever they're going to call it if they don't call it cookies. They've got an adult um, adult beach that they're calling Serenity Bay. So I, I think we're going to see very, very similar circumstance and very similar amenities as what's on Castaway. I don't see them developing some crazy water park like like Royal has at, you know, for, at Coco Key. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I actually think they're kind of missing out on the the older kid market, right? So the, I feel like Disney Cruise Line's private islands really cater to families with young kids or adults. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure they really do a great job in providing enough activities or the right kind of activities for families with older kids and even like preteen, you know, teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember the teenagers used to have their own beach where the really yeah we had our own beach and then those darn cabanas came in (laughs) and just took our beach away oh well that makes sense you know they tucked the teens away in the back so yeah i'm right there with you know what that's all about rebecca here's (laughs) here's the guaranteed prognostication of the night more cabanas there will be more cabanas (laughs) (laughs) yes yes as many there'll just be one island called cabana Cabana (laughs) that's what they'll do with 
with the magic, they'll just float her off cast week and make her one giant cabana. <laughs> just go get their cabanas there. Yeah, it's there gonna go. be there. perfect. But yeah. I feel like they could easily do a Typhoon Lagoon Island, you True. know, where they're bringing that experience. And you know, I I loved when they added the uh, Pelican Plunge slides all those years ago, but. Unless you just want to hang out on the beach, which I love doing. I'm a total beach bum. You're right. There's this gap in the offerings. And I think that there's a lot that Disney could do with that. And, you know, especially with their creativity, I would be curious to see. Yeah. I, I wonder how much of the new island, I wonder how much Disney was hamstrung with the new island and all of the sort of concessions that they needed to make, the environmental concessions, all of that sort of stuff. But, you know, then, right. I, then I look at that and I go, but then I deal with well, the hold on, hold on. Too. Hold on, Sam. <laughs> yeah, but that deal with for Coco Key was done ages ago, right? Like what I'm talking about is what I was going to say is Royals doing a deal right now in Nassau that's under a lot of pressure for that little strip of land next to the port to create like a, an adult exclusive, uh, you know, not island beach but club. private it's getaway, beach yeah, beach club, club. Yeah. beach club, and. Like, I don't know, like, it, that's still in flux, right? I mean, there's still a lot of pressure on them to figure out what they're going to do and what concessions they're going to have to make. So I just don't know if Disney was hamstrung a bit. I, I agree with this comment from Chris. Like, I think that there is a balance between what I'll call the utter insanity and chaos of Coco Key and the complete and total serenity and, you know, of, of Castaway Key. Like, I think there's some way to balance these competing interests out. And I absolutely loved the pool at Coco Key. Like I, I so prefer swimming in a pool. The salt water just gets in my eyes. It's a problem for me. But I loved that there was just such a nice big pool with a swim up bar and some music playing. It was it was it was fun. Um now the crazy water park, I don't think Disney will ever do. Um that's that's sort of my guess. So yeah. 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 Well, and the other comment we had from Larry about other lines making basically a lot of a lot of money from their island sales, right? So because uh, the Royal Caribbean water park at Coco Key is like a hundred dollars a person, depending upon what sailing you're on. Obviously, it fluctuates depending upon demand and time of year and all that stuff. So it does seem like Disney could, if they wanted to, use that as an extra revenue source. But I think Disney has decided to go the way of I'm not gonna call it all inclusive, but I'm gonna call it mostly inclusive, right? Mm -hmm. Like Disney leans in the mostly inclusive. Our price tag is higher to begin with, but we don't nickel and dime you later. So I don't know. It's it's kind of a hard call there. I, I'm kind of with Brian. I think they could go in between, but I will say my prediction is that they won't. Yeah. And I, I, I want to go back to something Sam said in the beginning. I don't think we'll see another private island anyplace else in the world. There's uh, like the North Pacific, uh, an, uh, an island in the Pacific, it, the weather there, all that stuff is very unpredictable. There's not enough other port stops around. So like, and it's just know. too far away from everything, right? Like yeah, Hawaii exactly. is wonderful and beautiful, but you're going to spend a week in Hawaii because it's too far away from the mainland. So, you know, that's the only place in the Pacific that I can really think. What about something in like the Cabo area? You know, they used to do the Mexican Riviera cruises all the time. And if maybe there's something with the Panama Canal going back and forth. If if they could um, if they could base a ship permanently on the west coast, which let's just be clear, that would probably be the magic <laughs> or the wonder. Um, yeah. If they could, because it'd be an older ship, and that's what tends to get based out here on the west coast is not the newest and greatest. Those go to the f Florida ports, but um, 
They could base we're okay one of those with that, by the way. We'll, oh, yeah. We'll take, I, you can we'll send take magic the wonder. and wonder. We'll, we'll take, take, we'll the take wonder. them both. Yeah. Um, uh, if they could do that and do the cruises year round, yes. But um, I, I just don't like, I feel like those sailings are all seasonal because the weather isn't great all year round. The weather in the Caribbean is pretty great all year round. So you need another location like the Caribbean where you can get that just all well, you the just time have to go good weather. Far enough south to Mexico. That's the point. Well, and, and to have a private island, you're going to have multiple ships sailing to it to fill the time. Yes. Right. So that's the other can't advantage do it with one of. Ship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because then you um, have like once a week stops or twice a week stops if you did three, four night cruises. Yeah. Yeah. Uh here's a good one to speculate on. Uh when are we gonna see those sweet, sweet summer twenty twenty five Man, my, if I had a dollar for every time I was asked this in the group in the last couple of months, I could pay for a Disney cruise. Let me tell you. <laughs> people are are itching to get these itineraries, and I'm like, Disney. Give the people what they want. Give the people. They want to give you their money. Right. Yeah. We want to give you our money. We want to book Alaska 2025 Disney. Give well, us our itineraries. So so to this specific question, I were I thought they were going to come out this month, but I'm I'm actually thinking potentially more like next month, maybe. I like it's so unpredictable. Disney used to follow a very regimented, I don't want to say like down to the day, but you could reliably count on we'll get these itineraries in this month and they used to go out two years it wasn't it's like so sparse right now but that was pre-pandemic everything has changed you guys i feel like well i I don't know the expectation throughout the window well hold on (laughs) because the other cruise lines i can book cruises into 2026 on some of them i i suspect what's really going on here is disney doesn't like to tip their hand on what's coming when they're built doing new stuff and so i think they've been holding these releases much tighter because if we go too far you're going to know when you know the treasure main is going to you're going to know when the adventure is going to start sailing you're going to know when like so i think they have enough new going on they're trying to keep it close to the vest and also if they publish a bunch of stuff and then a maiden voyage gets delayed they got to like they got a whole bunch of bookings they have to redo now right uh and so yeah so i i think that's part of it i actually think once we get over maybe into the last ship that they're going to release we'll see them ramp back up because the other cruise lines do this out to 2026 because it's money in their pocket like that's cash flow revenue generation letting people book into you know 2026 i think disney's going to going to start to need that too with the size of the fleet they're building i don't know rebecca when when do you think the itineraries are coming out i mean do you think we'll ever get back to like two years worth of them to book i feel like we've let disney get away with the couple months at a time so i don't know that we'll ever get back to that much notice and i think they love the anticipation and the buildup of it too that's just the vibe that i'm getting from all the small releases mm-hmm. um but i feel like we'll know something in the next couple of weeks last year i believe it was that last week of february into that first week of march when things opened up so mm-hmm. i'm hopeful we'll know on that soon and i'm hopeful we'll know on the theme cruises for q1 of next year soon because it was around this time that they announced that pixar day at sea and marvel day at sea were coming back and i'm so curious if Star Wars Day at Sea will be coming back. Ooh. Oh, here's here's my I I predict no Star Wars Day at Sea for at least a no. few years. Like, I think I think they're going to lean in hard to Marvel and Pixar, and I think Star Wars just didn't. I don't think it. I don't think it was a draw. Uh, you know, for them. I think I think I always looked at it as like we've been on Star Wars Days at Sea. 
We enjoyed them twice. We did the whole costume thing. We met Chewbacca. Just one time. Like, we did the costume yeah. thing just one time. The second time we went, we for but it was the costume. But it was fun. I but I always looked at it and went, I'm not sure I'd book a cruise because it was a Star Wars day at sea. I'm absolutely trying to figure out how I get on a Marvel day at sea or a Pixar day at sea. Right. So True. I just wonder if the guest feedback was kind of like, yeah, it was nice, but I didn't need it. Right. So. I, yeah. I, I, if, if they're going to bring it back, they should put it on the wish because they've got hyperspace. On they, the should. Wish, they should. That's actually, do it there. That would actually be really smart, um, especially after the treasure comes out. If demand slows on the wish, that would be a good way um, for them to increase demand on the on the wish by bringing, you know, a specialty day at sea. What, I, you know, I'm going to wait. I want to I want to know I want to know what Rebecca thinks about Star Wars. Do you think it's do you think it's coming back? I think something, I definitely think there's a demand for it. People ask about it all the time. Mm. I would be curious, though, if they would bring in another theme. Frozen's mm. popularity is not diminishing. And I think Frozen Day at Sea could easily happen on The Wish, like True. Sam, you were saying, to drive that, to really, really drive that demand on if you love princesses, this is this is it for you. So I think there's going to be, they they know that these theme cruises get people excited, especially in the off season. And with how many cruises that they're going to have, how many ships they have leaving from Florida, I think it's only in their benefit to add in an additional theme sailing. Yeah, I think that's a great prediction, but I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on what you said, Rebecca, and I'm going to say, I agree with you. I think itineraries are going to be out either very end of February or very early March. I think we're going to see those itineraries. And I think you're right. They're going to announce at least Pixar and Marvel. I love this prediction about Frozen Day at Sea. It's it's not a cruise that I would book, let me be honest. Um, But I do think it would be a really, really smart idea. And it mm-hmm. would go really nicely with the wish because you've got Arendelle and because you've got the Olaf's royalty, which, by the way, was like a show within itself. It was fantastic. I got to go because I have a kid, so I could make him go and Brian yeah. skipped it. But it was it was actually really fantastic. Uh, Even the food some sort was terrible, but. Yeah. show was fantastic <laughs> but even some sort of like royal deity where you can get yeah. all the princesses involved i mean how often are people just all in on the royal gathering on this mm-hmm. sailing on the wish there were so many people dressed fully in cinderella ball ga- gowns blew my mind i was like how did you get that in your luggage please teach me your ways <laughs> I, just, I feel like there is such a demand for more princesses and more superheroes so totally how can disney yeah, do more of that I wanted to throw up this comment, uh, which was talking about itinerary release. You know, at some people, some point people, particularly cruisers, will make other plans. I 100% agree. I think this is why Disney has to get back into some rhythm because if you're trying to plan your spring break and you can't book it because Disney hasn't released it and you start looking around at Royal Caribbean, I mean, that's, that's, you may book something and then Disney just lost, lost out on that. Except, except, so probably the three of us are like these people who do book our vacations like a year and a half in advance or two years in advance when the itinerary releases come out. However, I will say, I think a lot of people, when I talk to like coworkers and friends, they're always surprised at how far out I have my vacations planned and they plan their vacations like same year. So like in September, they may be planning their April spring break. So they're not planning a year or two years in advance. They're planning maybe nine months in advance. So, but that actually works. That works against Disney, right? Because Disney's best prices prices are on opening day. And if I'm a year in advance and I'm booking 
looking at a Disney cruise or Royal Caribbean cruise, I mean, Royal's going to eat Disney's lunch on price just about every day of the week, right? You're except right, on the I'm icon, just, except on the icon. Yeah, you're right. I'm just saying, I'm not sure that, I think they need to get into a more of a rhythm of when they're going to release. I'm just not sure they need to do it two years in advance is, I guess, yeah, pr- my point. Pr- yeah. I'll take predictability. Yeah, I will definitely take predictability. Yeah. Um, yeah this gives oh, go ahead, something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just going to say that thing to look forward to. And I mean, you guys would be surprised how many people are planning for spring break this year right now. Like we've gotten so many requests for March, April of this year. And, you know, I think there's a lot of families who they don't know what their time off schedule is going to be. They don't know necessarily. I mean, Lord knows with everything going on in the world, you don't know what funds might look like for a vacation. So True. there's a little bit of that last minute demand that with Disney's prices is an opportunity. So I'll be, I will be very curious on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to put this up about Disney is training their customers to plan with Genie Plus DCL late release models counterintuitive. I will say anything counterintuitive to planning a parks vacation right now is I, I am on board with <laughs> because <laughs> the cruise line is like the last vestige of light planning. And even that is, is starting to be a very different animal with the larger wish class ships and the demand and the number of concierge rooms, being able to book all the stuff before everybody else. And so I, I don't know how much longer we'll be able to hold out. I want to, I want to pivot us. I want to ask, cause Sam has desperately asked me to reserve time at the end of the show, Rebecca, for you to do a rapid fire round with us. Cause it's one of her favorite things to do. So I want to make sure that I do that. Um, but I want to, I want to ask one last question. So let me set this up. I think Disney is entering an intense moment of, or I should say entering a moment of intense competition. Uh, The theme parks with Epic Universe over the next year and the hotels and all of that stuff. That's a lot of competition, I think, for the Florida market at a time when people are sort of scratching their heads going, why is it taking Disney so long to open new rides? Why is the planning so complicated? Why are the hotels so expensive? Blah, blah, blah. On the cruise line side, you're seeing Royal put more and more ships in Port Canaveral. Uh, you're seeing them come out with bigger and bigger ships, more offerings, more things to do on board at relatively lower price points. I think that's going to put a ton of pressure on Disney Cruise Line to justify the value that they have or the expense that they are, whatever, you know, have the price point that they're trying to operate at. What do you think comes of that competition, Rebecca? Do you think they innovate in some way on board these ships? Do you think that they have to lower their price or gasp? Do we think we'll see the first Disney sales on on cruises, something they've never done before? Like, what do you think comes of all of that competition that they're going to face? Can you imagine those Disney commercials where it's like kid sales for? I mean, you guys remember the the what was it the Disney, Disney Plus? Sale. Yeah, it was basically oh kid sale free. Yeah, yes, and I mean, I people, mean for limited sailings, but yeah, but I feel like Disney knows that again that demand is going to be what drives it, and there is more competition. Royal is putting so much money into their marketing budget for these ships, and I. I do think we'll continue to see some cool things on board, but to keep up with all the flashiness and that balance of pricing, you know, Disney cruises are not the cheapest vacation. They're worth every penny, but I think something's going to have to change. I don't know that I've ever heard of Disney decreasing pricing, but I feel like having sales more often, discount, I don't know, just being a little bit more flexible. What about you guys? 
Yeah, I mean, I I do think they're going to have to bring back some of these uh, discounts like the Disney Plus one. Some Facebook user is saying people still ask if they're going to offer another Disney Plus deal in the group that they're in. I I think that they're going to have to at some point offer some some deals and discounts, maybe last minute cruising ones. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. the other the other uh, cruise lines all do that for flexibility. We have it on Disney in the form of like VGT, you know, guaranteed rooms. But we really don't have the last minute, you know, cruising um, sales, except if you're a Florida resident and sometimes a military discounts as well. Although those Florida resident rate sheets have been empty for a long time of late. So, yes, I'm I'm saying once we've got more ships online and the demand maybe is a little bit lower because you got to spread it out across more ships and because Royal's putting the pressure. Um, yeah, I think that we could see some more sales in the future. I don't think they'll start their price point lower though. Cause I think Royal to your point, Rebecca is actually starting their price point closer to Disney, at least with their newer ships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love this comment from Rob though, that Brian just pulled up. He's thankful that DCL is the final Oasis from, he corrected in a, in a next, in another post from the WDW Magic Kingdom style rope drop culture. So that is... I got to say, though, I got to say, though, here is my public service announcement for anyone out there listening to or watching this show. Do not bring rope drop culture on board these ships. I have seen two things starting to happen on board, and it's really frustrating to me. One was, uh, you do not need to line up for dinner 20 minutes before dinner. Like, just have a drink, enjoy yourself, show up five minutes after the dinner call, they'll still seat you because your table's still there and the show doesn't start for at least 25 minutes into the dinner seating. So you don't want to be obnoxious, but you don't have to like be lined up. Nothing's going to happen in the first five minutes of dinner that you're going to miss. The, um, the second thing I saw recently that was really, in my opinion, just crossing a line of the cruise line was people using towels to reserve spots at the rail for deck party shows. And I, I was going to lose my mind uh, because I'm like, this is not the parade on Main Street. We don't need to save space. I will always let kids stand in front of me to be able to see things. Like, like let's, let's, let's just, this is a cruise vacation. Turn on the reggae, man. Like, just relax. Like, <laughs> this is not the Magic Kingdom. So, I'm sorry for I mean, step, this... step around and put my soapbox away. But yes, uh... no, get <laughs> get my soapbox out right next to you. It's <laughs> driving me crazy. I remember when they used to literally have steel drum bands on board, and they would play all day yeah. when you were in port, and because it just added to the relaxation. And I think one of my biggest frustrations right now is this like must do everything mentality of, you know, I see these events that are in my navigator app. Oh my gosh, they're all sold out because I'm a first time cruiser. I'm silver. I'm not going to have any fun. And people just don't realize there's so much to do on board these ships. And I, I want more that I love, right? The internet's great. It's brought people like us together. It helps connect people from around the world. But I wish I could mandate just like a relaxation policy for first time cruisers. Like you're not allowed to book anything and I'll just go. And enjoy the heck out of this vacation. And they should have Bob Marley playing in repeat on repeat in their ears. Don't worry about a thing. Because every little thing is gonna be all right. You know what they should get? They should get an automatic drink package. And we were we were
You're you're on mute, Brian. <laughs> you just turned yourself on mute accidentally. <laughs> I was wondering if there was something wrong with me. Uh, you're getting mute again. Nope, we can't hear you. Oh no! Somebody took his soapbox away. <laughs> Somebody took his. So- He's oh. saying everyone they should have a <laughs> automatic drink package. It was really funny. We just watched. I know exactly what he where he was going. We just watched How I Met Your Mother, and during the wedding like season where uh, where it's where uh, Barney and uh, where Barney and Robin are getting married, and Lily basically pays the bartender to give her what's called the. Kennedy package and where she's just at any time her hand is empty of drink they just hand you a drink I love that <laughs> that's awesome but I I just I feel like there's such anxiety around planning the perfect Disney cruise and I'm like you could step on board and not have a single thing planned and still have the best yeah. experience because you don't have to plan anything it's just part of the fun is relaxing which I think people forget about is an option on vacation Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can't bring up the comments because Brian has the control of StreamYard. But uh, one of our Facebook user friends says that they walked in maybe 15 minutes before showtime and sat exactly where Sam recommended them to sit. So you still can do that. It's just if you've got a party of like 12, you're going to have to go early. But if you're a party of one or two, you do not need to go early. Uh, yeah. We have Brian back. Yeah. Oh, oh. We cannot hear you still, Brian. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to move to rapid fire while Brian yeah. sits here and just listened. I kind of love this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's For those watching on video, Brian is giving all kinds of thumbs down. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to ask you, Rebecca, your Disney favorites. Um, I'm just going to ask you your Disney Cruise Line favorites, since obviously mm-hmm. we're we're focused on on that today. I already know your favorite ship because you've said it like 12 times during the show. So it's oh, the Disney man. magic. Um, we're going to go a little over time so I can ask you these questions. But OK, what is your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show? Any of the ships? Oh, the original. There's nothing like Peter Pan and Anne Marie and Disney Dream. There's just nothing, <laughs> nothing like it. Hey, we there's Anya. We heard your audio. <laughs> yeah, I will still. not be silenced. I will not be silenced. <laughs> I love it. All right. What is your favorite bar, again, on board any of the ships? So I love Skyline. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. fantasy. It is just beautiful. Nightingales on the Wish was very, very nice, but is small, you know, yeah. but oh, there's nothing like Skyline. Yeah. And the one on the fantasy I'm with you is better because it's a little bit bigger than the one on the dream. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Favorite thing to do on board? Favorite activity? Relaxing with my family or friends that I'm sailing with. That is my favorite. That and eating. It's a tie. <laughs> Speaking of eating, what is your favorite rotational dining restaurant? I'm a sucker for animators. There's just nothing like the original and I would say um, animators on the Magic Wonder are great, but like animators on the Dream and Fantasy, when you get those extra shows in there. The Absolutely. I love it. All right. Really important questions. Favorite savory item and favorite sweet item on a Disney cruise. We're going to start with sweets because savories are always my favorite. So favorite sweet item. Oh my gosh. Which ship? I mean, chocolate souffle is what comes to mind first, but <laughs> creme brulee too and all the ice cream. Is there an all of the above option? Yeah, that, there you go. That You gave us at three and then all of the above. I love it. All right. Yeah. A favorite savory item? 
There is nothing that makes me feel like I'm on board a Disney cruise like chicken tenders and french fries. <laughs> Love it. Right? Life changing. Life changing. Exactly. Yes, the best. Okay. Aqua Dunk, Aqua Duck, Aqua Mouse. Pick one. I love a drop slide. Love a drop slide. But there's nothing like that final wraparound when you're on the Aqua Duck and it's just serenity as you're like looking out over the blue ocean. So I'm going to go Aqua Duck. Love it. All right. And my last question is what is your bucket list cruise? If you could go on a cruise, a Disney line, Dis- sorry, Disney cruise line ship, but anywhere in the world, where are you going? I would love to do the Southern Caribbean itineraries. It's those islands just look fantastic. So one of those like 10 night Southerns look right up my alley. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you for playing, Rebecca. Other than your show choice, you win. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Rebecca is an automatic winner. All right. Listen, listen, I have to give some judgment. Okay. This is not a judgment free zone. Okay. (laughs) I have to know what are y'all's for the shows? So for me, it's the smoked old fashioned and Hooks Barbary. <laughs> <That is> Brian's, <laughs> Brian's favorite show is the smoked old fashioned. Yeah, no, Beauty and the Beast is number one with honorable mentions to Tangled and Frozen. And sometimes I will tell you the last production I saw of Tangled on board the Magic, I was like so blown away. I was thinking, oh, could this actually beat Beauty and the Beast? But I'm still giving it to Beauty and the Beast. So it's wow. really, really okay. close. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I've got two more comments. Playing. Yeah, I've got two more comments I want to throw up first. We all uh, love Karen over at My Path Unwinding Travel, and she sent us a comment very on just thanking us for all being great partners with her agency. So I just wanted to thank Karen, our fabulous show sponsor, for sending that note. Love Karen. And I wanted to end our show with one final prognostication. Came from Chris Kidder. (laughs) What do you think the third Wish Class ship will be themed to? And any thoughts on a name? Oh, I'll give you my name because I've been jonesing for this name for a while now which is the disney imagine or the disney imagination i i really thought that we would have that before i'm really gunning for figment off the back it seems like he's getting a lot of play in the parks so i think a figment statue in the atrium or off the back would be really cool so that's my that's my theory on a name uh but i don't know i mean if you do that they're supposed to be naming the ships to theme them so it would have to be sort of imagination and wonder and all that fun stuff on the inside of it. So that's that's my guess. Rebecca? Imagine our imagination are definitely up there. But when I think about classic Disney, even thinking to the, you know, the Disney Plus commercial that was in the Super Bowl last night, when you wish upon a star, is it the Disney star? It, you know, is it a Peter oh, yeah. Pan theme, you know, what like Tiana, you could do something there with her wishing us. Like there's just, there's a lot that I feel like they could do in the atrium looking up with the stars. So maybe, maybe, but I like what you're saying. I shouldn't admit this to the internet. I didn't know who Figment was until <laughs> this last D23. I had no idea. And everybody's talking <laughs> about him. I started seeing socks everywhere, but this is what happens when you don't really like go to the, park. the parks. Yeah. If you're not a parks person, and you have to be specifically an Epcot person, for figment. Yeah, I have since since learned that. So I have some figment catching up to do. But I love that idea of having him off the back. Yeah. Um, Sam, what about you? What do you think? 
I, I'm going to agree with you that both of you that I think imagine or imagination would be a great, you know, ship name figment would be a great, um, you know, stern character. I think they could also really lean more into Pixar with that as well. I think, you know, Pixar is a huge success for them. And so I think leaning into, yeah, I think leaning into, um, Pixar would be the way to go. I love this name uh, that CT came up with though, the Disney believe, I think, believe would be i mean it, you could do that with the imagination theming and you know and it, you know i still believe in fairies so, and i believe in all of these other you know characters and whatnot so the the only problem with imagination is again we're going to have this problem where there's stuff on one ship that then should have been on the other ship so i'm thinking about like the uh what do you call it? the inside out themes um you mm -hmm. know ice cream gelato place sure. if they're going to do the disney imagination should kind of be over there so um yeah yeah maybe we'll see like at a dry dock a complete rationalization of these ships finally like where they move the stuff around so it's in the right spot but who knows, who yeah. knows. Well, you well yeah. before we end our show though rebecca we would be um just it would be crazy if we didn't tell people where they can find and follow you on all the social medias because you obviously have a, a great big presence both on facebook and also on instagram but where can people find and follow along with you on your adventures and how can they get involved with the disney cruise line community you guys are so sweet and thank you guys for having me this was so fun this makes mondays the best day of the week <laughs> I love um, so you guys i would love for everybody to join the dcl community so you can follow me at uh, disney cruise line community over on instagram or if you search on facebook for dcl community or if you're under groups or just search disney cruise line and it's that really really big one that's been around for nearly 20 years so love for everybody to join and just sharing the love for all things Disney cruising because it is not going anywhere, at least not until they break my heart with the magic leaving. Yeah. And then who, kn <laughs> who knows what will happen to my spirits. Maybe she'll be 76. We're crossing our fingers. Yeah. Maybe she well, and don't, don't worry. I'm sure they'll cut her up into little pieces and then, you know, sell and those sell to you so you can bring a piece of the magic <laughs> home with you. So there you go. There you go. But for now, Rebecca, thank you so much for taking time to join us on this live episode. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402 402 
413-5590, and that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night.